This is Radio Influence. Oh, it's a postseason edition of Three Dog Thursday. We are amped. We are ready to go. It's here. The brackets are out. The matchups are out. And the upsets are coming. And we're ready to try to discern where several of those large upsets may be occurring. It is the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. It's Three Dog Thursday. I'm TJ Reeves. He is Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, Vegas insider.com. Kevin's got multiple screens uh, ready to go. He's got uh, information on paper, on, on iPad, on laptop. 32 games coming on Thursday and Friday, Kevin. Wow. Here comes the barrage. Yep, it's here. And, uh, you know, again, another wide open tournament, you know, at least early on. That's what it, it feels like. Um, I don't know, uh, how many upsets we'll see. Hopefully we get some upsets. I don't think that Warren Buffett's going to put out a million dollars for anybody that's going to get the perfect bracket or however much money he pays, because we know it's impossible to pick the whole thing perfect. But, you know, you have a lot of intriguing matchups early, and, you know, it's always interesting, A, to see the upsets, and B, to see which number one falls first. And, you know, I, I don't know. At this point, all of these teams, for the exception of, I guess for the exception of North Carolina, all these other teams have got really good home court advantage uh, in the next two rounds, right. the next weekend, because Kansas is playing in Kansas City. Villanova's going from Philadelphia to New York. Gonzaga's going to San Jose down the West Coast. Uh, but for North Carolina to go to Memphis, you know, a little bit of a trip for them. So it should be interesting, but uh, always a fun time of year. Hey, uh, in terms of what the committee did, do you have any gripes uh, the number one seeds, as you just mentioned, Villanova, Kansas, Gonzaga, North Carolina. Some, including me, thought Duke should maybe be there. I know the selection committee chairman, uh, Mark Hollis, the athletic director at Michigan State, said, hey, we had Duke coming into the weekend as a four seed back on Wednesday, Thursday. There was just no way for them to rise to a number one, despite them beating Louisville, North Carolina, and Notre Dame in about 52 hours on on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe they should have been a number one. Maybe Arizona should have been a number one, winning the Pac-12 tournament, beating UCLA and Oregon to do it. Did you have any gripes with the number one seeds or anything else from the committee coming off of Selection Sunday night? Well, I, I've told you this before. The ones and the twos, I don't have a problem with. I think it's all interchangeable. It just matters what color uniform you're wearing in the game. I, I really don't think it makes a difference if Gonzaga's a one or Arizona's a two or flip-flop. I, just, I don't have a problem with those. I find it really funny that I say this every single year that, you know, Dick Vitale thinks that all 365 teams should be in the tournament, uh, that, you know, if, if one team isn't in, oh, well, this is a classic. Syracuse did not belong in. There's no argument for Syracuse to get in. If, for me, it's not about them beating Duke at the buzzer or having a couple other quality wins. When you lose to Boston College, when you lose to Pittsburgh, when you lose to Georgetown, when you lose to Connecticut, when you lose to St. John's, when you have all those bad losses, you don't deserve to get in. And you're like 18 and 13, simple as that. You do not deserve to get in. I don't care if it's Jim Beheim, He's been there a thousand years. I, I just look at it like there's got to be a, a cutoff line. It can't sure. just be because you participate in the ACC you should be in the tournament. That doesn't work like that. Look at Wake Forest. They got bounced by Kansas State early, and they had a nice improvement this year from last year, but they still lost to Kansas State. It was a borderline team getting in. So 
I just think that like that one, I have zero problem with. I'm actually happy they didn't get in because they shouldn't have gotten in. Well, and and not not any quality wins really away from home. Only two wins, period, away from the Carrier Dome. Uh, true true road games for Syracuse. So they struggled in that department on strength of schedule. And you mentioned uh, losses can mount up. It, it got Georgia Tech the same way. Georgia Tech had outstanding wins. Uh, in the ACC and upsets, but they had too many losses, bad losses too, that mounted up on their schedule, speaking uh, of the ACC. Uh, There's been a lot of discussion, uh, and I'd love to have your feeling. Uh, Once again, it's demonstrated the committee is peaking at matchups. I mean, Duke Marquette with Coach K against his protege Wojo in the second round. Kevin, that's not an accident. Please, it's not it's not an accident that Wichita State is potentially going to rematch Kentucky uh, after that uh, the year where Wichita State was undefeated and they put Kentucky in the way in the second round. That's not an accident either. It's not a, it's not an accident for ticket reasons. We're both in the state of Florida for Florida State and Florida Gulf Coast to be playing each other in Orlando. They're going to probably sell out the Amway Center based at least on the Florida Gulf Coast fans. They'll have seven or eight thousand fans that'll come to that game for that specific matchup. So I'm not saying they do it with every single matchup, but they're clearly discussing who plays who in the first round and what potential second round matchups would be. They do this every year, and there's numerous examples every year of it, Kevin. I want to tell you something. They try to come out and say, oh, well, we had so-and-so on the three line and this on the four line. They're the biggest bunch of liars in the world because (laughs) I remember years ago, there was, I think, when Bobby Knight went to Texas Tech, I think there was a possibility of Texas Tech playing Indiana in the second round. Right. I don't think it came to fruition. Really, that's not a coincidence at all that they're play- that they happen to be playing each other in the second round. Uh, and then, you know, yes, like we've seen, you know, you'd have like, you know, a North Carolina and Kansas if you want to have Roy Williams against his former team or, or whatever the case may be. And for television, and yes, as of soon course. as I saw Florida State playing Florida, Florida Gulf Coast in Orlando, you're not going to stick those two teams in Salt Lake City. I mean, like, let's you know, we're not <laughs> that stupid anymore. Um, so obviously, yes, Florida Gulf Coast being in Fort Myers and Florida State in Tallahassee, you know, it's a couple hour you know ride for each of, each of those schools, and they're going to get fans out there, and it's more intriguing. You know, if you're a Florida State fan, you'd rather see Florida Gulf Coast just because of. Uh, you know, proximity and what they did a few years ago in the tournament, as opposed to seeing Nevada, you know, like, you know, you, you want to see that. And I'm fine with the regional matchups in a sense, like Kentucky's playing Northern Kentucky. That's not a coincidence. Yep. You know, they wanted to do that to, uh, to make it more interesting. And I'm fine with it. But it's like, don't tell me that, oh, this, we just put these all together and the matchups became what they became. They spent a lot of money with CBS and Turner and all of these to get the best matchups possible. So they're a bunch of liars if they're saying, oh, we didn't know what these matchups would be. Oh, wow. You know, Kansas playing Michigan State potentially in the second round. We had no idea. Give me a break. They're, they're, they're totally lying to you. <laughs> Voice of Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider. TJ Reeves with you. Three Dog Thursday, and it's presented by Game Point Capital, GamePointCapital.com, our presenting sponsor for Three Dog Thursday. Uh, yeah, I mean, Shaka Smart playing uh, last year potentially a second-round game at Texas, his new school against his old school VCU. It didn't, it didn't work out that way, but, uh, I mean, uh, you know, again, uh, it's, it's just it's fascinating how, uh, how these matchups occur and what ends up happening. Well, uh, let me interrupt you for a second, sure. TJ. This, this is the problem. If they came out and said, you know what, 
we we want to make it as fair as possible. But you know what? We want to see uh, Shaka yes. Smart against VCU. We want to see that. That's Transparency. Fine. Transparency. That's yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's fine if you're saying that, oh, you know, we want to see, uh, you know, Roy Williams coach against Kansas in this round or potentially if it happens. Like, that's fine. But don't don't make us feel stupid and say, well, we just didn't realize. It just happened to be. Like, they're – there's a reason why Kentucky's not playing like like South Dakota, you know, early on. Or there's a reason why you're you're doing this, and it's just kind of like we see through it, and it's fine that we you know that they do that, but just don't make it like oh, well, this you. is all just a coincidence. So I'm that's with, my final part on I'm that. I'm with you on that. Let's get to the games themselves. Sixteen of them on Thursday. Sixteen of them. On Friday, I'm going to let you go first. Give me and the criteria here. And I know the Vegas insider line on some of these may be a pick 'em or be a, a close game, but we're going to go with the numbers in front of the name. Double digit seeds. Those are considered the underdogs. That's who the committee believes is an underdog. That's why they put the double digit in front of their name. So that's our criteria. We're each going to take three double-digit underdogs, some of them on Thursday, some of them on Friday, depending on when you're listening to us. You're going to know how smart we are or aren't, especially on the Thursday games. So, Kevin Rogers, where do you want to begin on a Thursday slate that has 16 of them? What do you like first? Considering I just mentioned them, so I might as well go with them, uh, the Nevada Wolfpack out of the Mountain West. Eric Musselman is their coach. Remember Eric Musselman? He was a coach in the NBA for a bit. Good young coach who... Went back to college and has actually done a nice job with uh, with Nevada. That remember they were the team that beat New Mexico when they were down like ten in the final minute or whatever it was uh, a few months ago, and they won in overtime. And they kind of got themselves on the map there. They're playing Iowa State in uh, in their opening game, and Iowa State had a really good season out of the Big Twelve. They beat Kansas on the road. They won the Big Twelve tournament uh, title for the third time in four years. But, you know, something, I think a lot of people want to ride this Iowa State team. They look at Nevada as just kind of a throwaway team. But they're actually a pretty good team coming out of uh, the Mountain West. They played well pretty much this entire season. And for Iowa State, you know, this is a team that was knocked out in the first round two years ago. Yep. And uh, they actually played all right last year. They got some good draws before they lost. And can I interject? Can I interject? You liked them earlier in the year. They pulled an upset at Kansas, and you called that on Three Dog Thursday. But now you're going the opposite direction, and you think Nevada will get them. Yeah, and I just think that, uh, you know, they're getting a few points in this game, and they're playing in Milwaukee, so really the, uh, the travel shouldn't be, you know, it's not that devastating necessarily for uh, Nevada, but uh, – you know, it's it's the late game, which is which will benefit Nevada because they play later on it. You know, normally at night, so that's how, something else that can go on their side. But for Iowa State, it was a very good team. But uh, I think Nevada's uh, an under the radar team. People aren't paying attention to, and uh, I think they got a good shot to beat Iowa State. Marcus Marshall is their leading scorer of the Wolfpack of Nevada going against Iowa State. That's the late game in Milwaukee, and that is the 12 versus 5. You know there's going to be a 12-seed win against a 5-seed. You're just trying to figure out which ones they are, and there might be a couple of them that win. All right, so I'm going to stick with the same thing. I'm going to stay in Milwaukee, and I'm going to stick with another 12-seed. This one, Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders against Minnesota. I believe two years in a row as a double-digit seed, they're going to get the Big Ten. Last year, the upset of Michigan State. Tom Izzo's team is the two-seed. Kevin, it blew my bracket up. I I am still bitter over this. It blew my bracket up a year ago because I had Michigan State, I believe, in the championship game, and they went out on the first game of the tournament 
to Kermit Davis's MTSU team. They've got two or three players back from that same team, including a great name, Giddy Potts, is their leading scorer. Get Giddy for Giddy. G-I-D-D-Y. So Giddy Potts leading Middle Tennessee State to a 30-win season. They won the Conference USA title last weekend. They play Minnesota in that same Milwaukee pod uh, in the afternoon on Thursday afternoon. And Minnesota, again, has had a good bounce back year. They were awful a year ago in the Big Ten. But they've taken some losses down the stretch. They got beaten uh, by Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. They have a talented front line, but I think MTSU will get the Big Ten two years in a row. Give me the 12 seed against the Minnesota Golden Gophers here for my underdog on third. You have a quick opinion? Is is the is the Big Ten going to be smarting two years in a row at the hands of Middle Tennessee State? You know, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of people are jumping on Middle Tennessee State after what happened last year against Michigan State, and they just shot lights out in that game and. Middle Tennessee State has obviously, you know, they, you know, they didn't have a letdown after that. They won 30 games in the regular season. Minnesota's a good team, though, with Richard Pitino. They made uh, a lot of strides after winning just eight games last year. They won 24 this year. So that should be an interesting game. That's why it's basically at a pick them. So uh, it should be a pretty good game coming up. All right, again, and we're taking the double-digit seeds here because the line could move up or down, but we're going with the duck because that's who the committee believes are the underdogs in these matchups. And I believe you have one more Thursday game before we get to our timeout. Where else are you going to go? On uh, on Thursday for Three Dog Thursday for your second of three underdogs, Kevin Rogers. Well, we talked about Shaka Smart earlier. His team is out, the Texas Longhorns, but his former team, BCU, they're facing St. Mary's in the 7-10 game in uh, the West in Salt Lake City on Thursday. And I find it interesting that BCU has been to the tournament seven straight years. That this is a team that is, I'm not going to call it like another Gonzaga, but they have definitely... Uh, been a team that's that's made it this far, and then they moved up to the Atlantic 10, you know, they, out of the Colonial. So they're definitely a threat, and VCU made it all the way to the Atlantic 10 finals before they lost to Rhode Island, who ended up, you know, getting the automatic berth. But for St. Mary's, they're a team that lost just four games this year. They lost three times to Gonzaga. So obviously, you know, they don't play Gonzaga, they're a pretty good team. And their other loss came to Texas Arlington. It was a good team out of the Sun Belt that lost early in their conference tournaments. They got relegated to the NIT. But, you know, I look at VCU, they did struggle a bit as an underdog this year with some losses to Dayton and to Rhode Island. But, uh, you know, at the same time, this is a team that has been to the tournament. St. Mary's hasn't been to the tournament that often. They're, I, they're always going to the NIT. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament in a few years. I just think that VCU in this spot, that uh, an experienced team, that getting a few points here, that uh, they have a good chance to advance and beat St. Mary's. And they meet our criteria as the 10 seed. Jock Landell is the big man in the middle for St. Mary's, averaging 17 a game. We'll see how VCU can combat him. Will Wade, up-and-coming young coach, as you mentioned, has them back in the tournament. And the Rams, 26 wins on the season. Uh, Jaquan Lewis is their leading scorer, 15 a game. We'll see what VCU has in that matchup. Kevin likes them in the upset uh, in Salt Lake City coming on Saturday night. Kevin, stand by. We've got more underdogs. You've got one left for the Friday games. I've got to predict two more. It's Three Dog Thursday. It is presented by Game Point Capital, GamePointCapital.com. When it's a bonus, not a bonus. You're not the one that has to pay it. Check out more at GamePointCapital.com. We will continue on this uh, postseason edition, March Madness edition of Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. Hey golfers, planning on coming to the west coast of Florida in March and April? Well, have we got a fantastic offer for you. 
For almost 20 years, Paradise Golf has offered their seasonal membership card, saving its owners 60, 70, even 80% on rounds of golf at some of the premier courses you can play in the six-county greater Tampa Bay area. And this year's card is no exception. Play courses like TPC Tampa Bay, Historic Dunedin Country Club in Pinellas, Lake Jovita, the fantastic Esplanade in Bradenton, Ocala National, and almost 50 others around the areas. Get the complete list at paradise-golf.com slash hoops. And Paradise Golf is giving you an exclusive offer to get their winter membership card to use now through the end of April for just $29.95. That's a 75% savings off the usual value of the card to use it from March through April. Whether you're coming to the west central coast of Florida for spring break, baseball spring training, or just on vacation between now and the end of April, take advantage of the great savings with an outrageously discounted winter Paradise Golf membership card. Find out all the benefits at paradise-golf slash hoops. That's paradise-golf slash hoops. Sign up and save with Paradise Golf. Second free throw is good. That's going to do it. Texas State will inbound. Gilder Tilbury midcourt, two seconds left, one second left. He'll fire it. It's no good. And for the second time ever, the Troy Trojans are dancing. They've won the 2017 Sunbelt Conference Tournament title. Celebration in midcourt. Troy, 2017 champs. Yeah, we are back in on Three Dog Thursday. That was the scene in NOLA in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sunday. The Troy Trojans capturing the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship by virtue of their automatic bid win in that uh, championship game on Sunday over Texas State. I had the call there with Dino Hansen on tune-in of Troy's victory. We now know the Troy Trojans getting ready to play the Duke Blue Devils on Friday in Greenville, South Carolina in a 15-versus-2 matchup. Welcome back. It's the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs, and we're honing in on March Madness and the NCAA tournament, underdogs in college basketball. T.J. Reeves, Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. That 2-15 matchup, Duke is the two-seed, Troy is the 15-seed. I know Duke has lost a couple of games as the heavy favorite in recent tournaments. They lost to Lehigh, a 15-seed, back a few years ago. They also lost to Mercer in the 2014 tournament as a 13-seed Mercer. Kevin, I just I don't think that Troy has enough firepower in this game with Duke. Uh, they have Wesley Person's son, Wesley Person Jr. They have another couple of scores on the perimeter. They don't have enough to keep up with that Duke team we saw in the ACC tournament. In fact, I like Duke to go all the way to the Final Four here. I don't think they're going to be upset by Troy. That's just my opinion. Just give me a quick comment. How impressed were you with Duke with what they did at the Barclays Center in the ACC tournament as they get ready to play on Friday night? Yeah, a couple of comebacks, beating North Carolina and then beating Notre Dame in the championship. Uh, again, you, you would think Duke would go far, and then we've seen Duke lose to Mercer before. You know, we've seen yeah. them get uh, knocked off. So it's like I kind of don't know which Duke team I'm getting in this whole thing, that you're going to see them go pretty far and just get knocked out in the first round. I don't, I don't know which Duke team I'm, I'm expect. I don't know what to get out of them, but I don't like Duke, so I want to see them lose. <laughs> I just put that opinion uh, out there. I do know this. They've got multiple guys that can shoot it and can score, and that helps. 
this time of year because you're then not reliant just on one or two players to carry you. And if they have bad shooting nights, Duke's got four or five of those guys that can light it up. We'll see how far they can go. All right, so we're back in with the underdogs. You took two on Thursday, Nevada and VCU. I took Middle Tennessee State. Again, our criteria, double-digit seeds. That's what the committee is deeming as an underdog for these opening round matchups. I'm going to go Rhode Island. You referenced Rhode Island in the last segment. Rhode Island Rams and their matchup with the Creighton Blue Jays. Creighton did make the Big East Championship game in that tournament before being beaten. Rhode Island won the Atlantic 10 tournament. I like this 11-6 matchup. There there are definitely a couple of names that stand out for a Rhode Island team that turned it on the second half of the season. E.C. Matthews is the leading scorer for Rhode Island. I, I know that Creighton team... Uh, has some talent. They they also, though, are devoid of Marcus Watson, their outstanding point guard, had the knee injury. Now there's a sexual assault allegation for him, so he is, they got a cloud over them. Creighton pulled it together in New York at Madison Square Garden and got to the Big East Championship game, but I think Rhode Island ends up winning this game, Kevin Rogers, and I will take them in the 11-versus-6 matchup uh, that is coming on Friday uh, that one being played in Sacramento, one of the late Friday afternoon games. I will take Rhodey. We we each go with an Atlantic 10 team. You with VCU, I go with Rhode Island to pull an upset here to start us off on this segment. Well, you know the head coach of Rhode Island is, right? Hurley's. The Hurley's. D- Danny Hurley, that's right. And uh, not to say this means anything, but you go back with Rhode Island uh, years ago, they pull up that big upset over Kansas. I know I'm dating myself. That was like 20 years ago, but uh, with Catino Mobley and uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name, Wheeler, right? Right. And uh, so that was a long time ago. Rhode Island, uh, they're they're a decent team, and you know you made some good points about Creighton. That really, you know, Creighton started off the season hot, but then kind of you know tailed off towards the end. So uh, you know what? Look, hey. I'm not, if you were to say Mount St. Mary's going to beat Villanova, I think you're crazy. <laughs> but past that, a lot of these other ones, like really, I don't think it's like nuts to see it. See, you know, you're, and the Atlantic 10 is a shade below a major conference, all right? They're still a pretty good conference. Uh, you know, somebody comes out of there and they beat somebody at the Big East, wouldn't be shocked. All right, uh, we proceed on with the double-digit seeds. Kevin is up for his third of three underdogs. And which direction are you headed anti UCLA here with underdog number three for you? You know what? Sometimes you got to totally think out of the box and you, and you got to just say, Hey, what the, Hey, let's just try this. UCLA is facing Kent state. It's in Sacramento. So obviously the home court would go towards UCLA. They don't have to travel out of California. Kent state's got to leave Ohio to go out there. But with UCLA, they got up to such that, that, that great start. Lonzo Ball, they're talking about, you know, being an NBA star, and he's going to be done after this. I, I don't like to ever say that I don't think somebody's got motivation, but do you think these guys care about winning a national championship? They want to just go to the league. And Kent State really played well towards the end. They won nine of ten games. They beat Akron, who was the favorite in the MAC, to uh, get the automatic berth there. I know they're getting like 18 points, and we're just trying to see who's going to win these games outright, but you know, who really thought Middle Tennessee State was going to be Michigan State last year? If you shoot the ball well, we know UCLA can score, but we know they're not great defensively. Yes. So why, why not? Like, Kent State's playing well, and I, I just go to that sometimes. Why not? You and, believe you believe that also Lonzo Ball, for all the talent, there's enough distraction off the court. They've got, like, an ESPN feature going on with he and his brothers. The father is big on social media and giving interviews and popping off about how great he is. 
that this is maybe recipe for a big time fall, a, a step in the uh, the trap door here, and Kent State may catch them in Sacramento Friday night for reasons off the floor too, distracting them. I mean, it, it, Lonzo Ball's dad, does he really care if his son wins the national championship at UCLA? No, he wants to cash out and put him in the NBA. I'm serious about that. Like, do you think he really cares about that? Or let's just get through this. If you win, great. But guess what? If you lose, we could move on and start your training for the NBA. You may think I'm crazy with that. but I don't. You know, do you think? Yeah, and this guy wants to build his big empire. You're wasting time by playing at UCLA. Like, you went through your year. That's great. Okay, let's be done with this now. So maybe Kent State won't beat them, but I don't see UCLA going very far in this tournament. I don't. You do have them, though, as an underdog here with this one, and they're a hefty dog under the spread, but they're a 13 seed as well. So he goes with Kent State. My final one will be a Wichita State team that a lot of people feel like were seeded incorrectly. Again, it is worth noting, Kevin Rogers, they're a 10 seed playing in Indianapolis against Dayton, another A-10 team, as the seven seed, mid-major against mid-major. Wichita State only had two top 50 RPI wins the whole year, both against Illinois State in their conference, one of them in the championship game for the automatic bid. Wichita State strength of schedule, terrible uh, out of conference. It was 220-something. you got to go play people. So they're in, but they're seeded probably appropriately. I still think they're going to win this game with Dayton, and the names have changed. There's no longer Ron Baker, Fred Van Vliet, uh, the, the leaders of that Final Four team 2013, the guys that had the unbeaten season the next year, got all the way into the NCAA tournament undefeated. Now it's Marcus McDuffie, Landry Shamet. Those, those are the guys that are leading Greg Marshall's team this year. They did win the Missouri Valley Tournament Championship. I am going to go Wichita State in this spot. We always talk about the matchup, the spot. Dayton is good, but I think Wichita State's just as good. They'll have a ton of fans in Indianapolis. I will take the Shockers to go ahead and win this opening round game. Do you think Wichita State? They're they're kind of they're playing the uh, we got slighted card for this year. Do you? I mean, uh, they have perennially been in this tournament. Do you think they got slighted being put as a ten seed that they should have been higher, Kevin Rogers? Real quick. You know what? The seeding stuff. I don't. I don't really care for as far as the slight. Like you're in. I guess I look at it that way. It's not to be. You know, not to be short with it, but. You know, it's like you're in. Now make the best of it. And yeah. if you're that good, you'll knock these teams out. You know, we saw them as a one seed a few years ago, and they ended up getting bounced early. So it's kind of like, wouldn't you rather kind of have that nobody's paying attention to us vibe as opposed to everyone's paying attention to us, and now we have all the pressure on us to win? So, I don't know. I kind of look at it that way. And I feel that same way like with Michigan State. I always, you know, look at them as whenever Michigan State's like a two, I feel like they get – bounced early when they're like a seven or eight or nine to go to the final four well and and again we talked in the first segment about the committee looking ahead to the matchups kentucky and wichita state potentially second round on the weekend on sunday in indianapolis again it was kentucky who ended wichita state's unbeaten season and a lot of people believe that year that kentucky should not have been an eight should not have been in the eight nine game should have been a higher seed in wichita state should not have been playing them i agree with your opinion once you're in you're going to play tough teams starting in the second round starting in the in the sweet 16 at the maximum you're going to have to beat tough teams uh to get there and it is just fascinating that wichita state and kentucky looms as the matchup if both of them go ahead and win and i think the shockers will win over dayton and I don't think Kentucky's going to have much trouble with Northern Kentucky. I saw that team in the Horizon League Championship game, called that game on tune-in. Uh, Northern Kentucky doesn't have enough firepower for Kentucky in the late-night game 
in Indianapolis. So I think you will see that second-round matchup uh, coming this weekend. All right, we get ready to close things down here on Three Dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers, the blur of 32 games Thursday and Friday. They can find out all kinds of great information, obviously, one stop, one location on this tournament and everything else. It's VegasInsider.com. Tell the fans more real quick. We have our bracket breakdown. It's all set to go. You can check out every single matchup in the tournament. It's updated after every game, and you can see the record straight up against the spread, totals, all that stuff, and you can scan right through it on our bracket breakdown page, and you can also print up brackets from VegasInsider.com as well as Keep track of the lines with all those games. So just check us out uh, leading up to the tournament and throughout the tournament at VegasInsider.com and also on Twitter at TwitVI. And also follow this guy at VI Rogers on Twitter. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. A reminder whether you're listening on RadioInfluence.com or you're subscribing via iTunes and Stitcher. Rate this show, promote this show through iTunes and Stitcher so others can find it. Again, we've been rolling on the underdogs. I had the Michigan Wolverines, Kevin, you know this, as my underdog to make the championship game, if not win the Big Ten tournament. They did win the Big Ten tournament. I like them to do some damage in this tournament uh, as well. Seven seed playing Oklahoma State they were not an underdog with a double-digit seed, so I couldn't take them for these purposes. But, uh, again, we've had some success. So, again, spread the word about this show wherever you're hearing it. And, again, you may be hearing it after the Thursday games. Kevin took Nevada and VCU on Thursday. I took Middle Tennessee on Thursday as double-digit seeds that have the chance, if not, to pull the upset outright. Uh, then on Friday, Kevin's got Kent State. I've got Rhode Island and Wichita State. Those are our six underdogs, three each. For Three Dog Thursday, are you ready for this? Are you ready for 32 games in two days? And then we'll knock off 16 more games on the weekend. There's going to be 48 basketball games Thursday through Sunday. Are you ready for the madness, the mayhem? I can't even contain myself. (laughs) I can tell. Listen, good luck with your underdogs. Good luck with trying to sift through all of this. Promise me that we come back for a Sweet 16 Elite 8 edition of Three Dog Thursday this time next week, Kevin Rogers. That sounds good. There is Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider, TJ Reeves. Again, follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Find us on the web at threedogthursday.com. Good luck with your underdogs, with your double-digit seeds. We'll see how it plays out in the 2017 Big Dance. We'll come back next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye. This is The Crush Report with Jeff Crushell. There's nothing more important in professional sport than maximizing player potential. And in a recent meeting of the minds, the Kansas City Royals traveled to Edmonton to share insights on player development with the Oilers. Here's Royals Vice President and Assistant GM of Player Personnel, J.J. Piccolo. Edmonton Oilers were uh, very gracious in allowing us to sit in some meetings, speak with their coaching staff. Of all the sports that, that exist, there's more parallels between hockey and baseball when you're talking about development and the way our draft process works than any other two sports. To hear their take on how they need to get to the potential future Edmonton Oilers that they have under control, whether it be in juniors uh, or in college, and how they try to develop players through other coaches. And that was a very interesting concept. I think one of the things I really took away uh, from listening to their scouts and some of their front office personnel, the character and toughness is really at the top of the chart for them, which is what we talk about an awful lot. And then sometimes we get a little bit too caught up in the tools that the player may possess, which are very important. But to hear them talk about character and toughness 
and then to share that with our scouts and our scouting director and some of our coaches, uh, I thought it was very valuable. Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at crushperformance.com and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.